everybody. Welcome to our podcast. I'm Liz. And I'm Taylor. And now we're talking, Darian. Hello and welcome. Today is May 12th. And today I am looking so forward to welcoming Jen Carilla and Jim Book of Darian Youth Lacrosse. Jen is the current president. Jim Book was one of the founding members of Darian Youth Lacrosse. And it is springtime. So no better time to talk about this sport in our town. Very true. That's why we brought in this particular sport. And uh, in my opinion, when someone hears the word Darien, the town Darien, it's synonymous with athletics. And in particular, lacrosse is one of the top ones they yep. think of. So um, it made sense to kind of talk about what this program is and what the magic is behind Darien lacrosse that makes it the one of the most elite programs in the country. Yes, absolutely. So, you know, without any further delay, here they are. Let's bring them in. Jen Carilla and Jim Book, thank you so much for being here with us today. Um, DILAX is probably one of the best known acronyms in the town of Darien. Darien Youth Lacrosse is, I mean, unquestionably a, a phenomenal success. And I think we can't wait to talk to you about how it got started. So thanks for coming. Absolutely. Pleasure to be here. Well, Taylor, Liz, thank you so much for doing this. I mean, for creating this podcast. I absolutely love Darian, and I'm so grateful to learn more about Darian. So thank you, guys. Thank, thank you, you so guys. much. Yeah. Well, I was saying to Taylor before we started this, like, we got a lot of new people in town. And one of the big things that when people think of Darian, in my opinion, they think of sports and specifically lacrosse. So um, we were wondering, like, when we say Darian youth lacrosse, like, to Taylor's point, what does that even mean? Yeah. And what are your, your roles and relations to it? Um, sure. Well, I'm currently president of Darien Youth Lacrosse. It's a program. It's first through eighth grade youth only. And uh, I'm proud to say that according to U.S. Lacrosse, we are the largest youth lacrosse program in the entire country. That's crazy. Wow. It doesn't yes. surprise me, but that's awesome. No, it's an incredible program. How many players is that? This year, it's uh, almost 1,200. And, and we're down Holy a little cow. bit because of COVID. A couple of years ago, we we're almost at 1,300. Yeah. Oh my gosh. And I guess maybe when you talk about the new people to town, we don't have middle school sports in Connecticut. Uh, that's really not a thing at the public school level. Oh, so right. a lot of people from New York State are used to the idea that you play lacrosse for your middle school team and your practice is right after school right, and, right. and you run by the, you know, the athletic director there. Prior to the board, which was officially created in 2001, it was definitely an active youth lacrosse program. It was started really by Lang Clark and Tom Parnon, who did a tremendous job of really building this thing. You know, the high school programs had started to compete very much at the national level, and it just grew and grew. And really, I think what happened in 2001 was that the participation had gotten so high that it just became too much. So how do you know this, Jim? Like, so like, what's your, do we even talk about what your relation is? You're just a guy that likes a lot of lacrosse and is hanging around? <laughs> yeah, I've got some problems. So I, I, uh, I grew up in Wilton. Um, when I grew up, Wilton was what I would say the Darien of Connecticut at that time, uh, a huge program. Um, and really, I do think that a lot of the sort of basic backdrop to what we were doing with Darien News Lacrosse was based on the Wilton model, which was let's try to get as many kids playing this sport as we possibly can and really try to build a, a monster feeder program for the high school teams. And I, I had been coaching in Wilton, actually, and then a couple of friends of mine who were actively involved in Darien News Lacrosse talked to me about coming over. We had just bought a house in town. Um, so really, I 
I showed up right around the same time that the board was created. So I was there in the early days in terms of talking through the formation and, and how we wanted to do things. Jen, you were there then? Or? No, 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 no. I came much later. Um, but, but Jim touched upon a couple of things about, you know, it's being a feeder program. I mean, the mission of DYLAX is very much not to send players to D1 and D3 schools. Our mission, as Jim said, is to just foster and promote the love of the game and get as many kids playing as possible. You know, and so many times, like other towns will, will approach us and say, what are you guys doing? How come your, how come your high schools are so good? How come you get so many kids to play? And they're, they're, and we always say, look, we're willing to tell you everything we do. <laughs> we're a truly developmental program and that's who we are. Absolutely. No, it was, that's always been something that, uh, and, and you're right about the other towns that we've brought other towns down, <clears throat> you know, as I remember probably, I don't know, 2008, 2010, thereabouts, there were a number of towns who wanted to come down and just see what we were doing because it was just a sight to see, to, to look at this field with 100 kids per grade out on the field all at once and 15 stations going on and balls flying around everywhere. Okay. Wait, so wait, what is this though? So like why, like I don't, when I grew up in St. Louis, I mean, I, so I love lacrosse, but we didn't have it. Why are kids so attracted to it? I guess in Connecticut, what, what was that original draw? Well, I, you know, I don't know. I, I think the sport has grown incredibly fast at the national level. Okay. Um, it's, it's an exciting sport. It's an exciting game. So there was a buzz going on. Everyone kind of wanted to see what it was about and started parents start raising their hands, like, let me get my kids. Yeah. You know, it's a spring sport. Um, you know, well, used to be a spring sport. Now it feels like people are playing year round, but, um, uh, right. you know, it's, it's fast paced. It's physical. I think a lot of parents who see the game and, and didn't grow up with a lacrosse program in their town, they say, wow, I, I really, I really wish I played that sport. So I do think yeah. it's a lot of, a lot of times it's introduced by the parents who've now seen the sport played at the high level. And I do think that the biggest selling sport of, of the program has always been our high school teams. I mean, our high school teams were, you know, I'm trying to remember the year that Darianne High School Lacrosse started. I want to say it was only 1984. 84, yeah. Thereabouts. Uh, I graduated in 1987 in Wilton. Um, Darianne was just getting started, and within three or four years of when I graduated, they were competing for state championships. So Lisa Lindley and Jeff Braymeyer, both of whom started the uh, high school programs respectively, are still the coaches at Darien. Yeah, that's incredible. Yeah, they were there at the outset, and their success uh, and what they were able to do really on a national level and be sort of at the at a, at a super high level of competition, um, that was a major draw. Uh, it was exciting. It was really fun and exciting to go watch the high school teams play. Great well, it's community. mutual admiration. I mean, in the research I did about specifically Jeff, you know, he credits the youth program for a lot of his success. It's a really beautiful thing. Well, yeah. he's he's nice to do that, but I, I tend to think Jeff and Lisa both set an incredible example, and that's really what, what we aspire to do. It's going back to the creation of the board. It was a vision that Gary McCarthy, who was the original president, you know, he, he quoted a line from Jack Nicholas, who was a golfer, and they say, what are you doing that nobody else is doing? He said, well, I play from the green backwards. And the idea is let's let's think about where we want to get to and then think about the steps that we need to take to get there. But that concept, that philosophy developed, though, Jen, going back to what you said, like I think I feel like it kind of started with, I love that quote, I play from the green backward. Starting with that, like it was to build up a program for the high school, like to build up this giant program. But it also, 
it talks about feasibility, a well-rounded athlete. Um, it's not just about a deep bench, right? Or was even ever about a deep bench technically? Right. No. I mean, I think that uh, I think that the goal of our program is really fun because, as Jim says, the high school is so good, and not all players are going to ever get to that level. So we really focus on just the fun. We run equal playing time in both house and travel. I mean, I think that's one of the most important aspects of our entire program. And that was in place from the founders. Kids rotate all through all positions throughout the house program. What about affordability too? I, I can't tell you when we last raised prices for house lacrosse. It's been more than eight years because of all the tremendous volunteers in our program. Yeah, your volunteers are exceptional. Like, we, we have over 50 house teams and they're all coached by volunteer parents in our town. It's amazing. That's great. Yeah. It's amazing. Can you guys, I don't tell you, I actually coach for, um, yes, do you want to travel? Liz but is one of our travel coaches. I know. I got suckered in. I really love, I love the kids. Um, but I even being a coach, I, Still, I'm a little confused with like the structure of the program from Blue Wave Buddies to House. Like people listening are probably like, "What is House? What does it mean?" Jim, you said that earlier. Like you mentioned those terms, but I feel like, "What the heck is this?" Yeah, no, and that's something we all take for granted. You know, we talk about House all the time with people, and they say, you know, they say, "Well, what's House?" Well, our House program, the idea is it's just playing intra town. Yep. So Blue Wave Buddies is once a week for first and second graders. House lacrosse for boys and girls is third and fourth graders play together and the fifth and sixth graders play together. They actually have merged teams. All third and fourth grade girls play all together and there are 16 teams. And as Jim said, they, it's, it's all within Darien. We all play each other every three, three times a week. Cute. Love that. Yeah. And, and, and it's short you know, field, right? Yes. So, so that, uh, for the third and fourth grade, yes, we play cross field, which, you know, it's the hockey ADM model, maximized number of touches. Um, we do that, yes, for our third and fourth graders. And then for fifth and sixth graders, that's when it becomes full field. So also for our fifth and sixth grade program, that's when travel is introduced. And so every fifth and sixth grader has the option to try out for a supplemental travel program. And as part of our commitment policy, every player who plays travel also has to play house. So that right. keeps the level of house really high for fifth and sixth graders. And what does that do for the program? What does that mean well, for the philosophy well, of it? Well, it means that if maybe you didn't make a travel team in fifth grade, but by the way, you're playing with every travel player three times a week. Yeah, that's so, so cool. the level is, stays very high in house. Got it. So if you're playing, everyone's playing house. And if you want to do a, this, this supplemental program, you can, you try out. You show up to try outs. Okay. And that's part of the system when when you're involved within the DYLX system, you're playing house. That's a, is that a seamless process for parents to understand or do they have to? It's explained pretty well. We got tryout dates are posted usually by September. Okay. The other thing to note, the tryout process starts with a clean sheet of paper in DYLX, which is not the case in every sport, every organization. It's a clean sheet of paper. Jim's been there. I've been there. You just have a bunch of numbers on the paper. There's no notes about a name. There's no notes from previous years. And so we try to remind parents that sometimes their kids don't fall on the team that they would like or whatnot. But also, just remember that tryouts are a snapshot in time. And just know that next year, it's going to be another clean sheet of paper. And we urge parents to use it as a teaching moment for their kids if they don't land on the team that they want to be on. I love that. That's a good point. Like I've done evaluations as a coach for a few years. And literally, 
the kids have their, you can't even see who the kids are, right? They got their hair up, their goggles, the boys, the mask and pads on. Or, and, and then you, you literally just have a piece of paper and then it has associated with a penny number that each kid's wearing. So you have not a clue what you're even looking at. Right. And you're just really looking for people who are coachable, in my experience, coachable, who are having fun and who are working mm-hmm. hard, who act like they want to be there. Yeah. And, and I'll tell you one other thing I was going to add. When you think about this whole keep it fun idea, like that's your premise. Well, you had people who, again, with this group that came in, it's a great, okay, well, how are we going to keep it fun? We're trying to teach skills. We got to make kids better shooters. One of the things that Jeff Braymeyer commented is you know, these kids who are showing up to my high school, their shooting fundamentals are bad, mm. right? It's very hard to correct bad habits, right? Yeah. So, okay, so we got to work on shooting. So what do we do? I think Gene Salvatore went out and bought a radar gun. <laughs> right? Because, okay, we're doing these shooting drills. You know, it's boring, boring. Okay, let's put a oh, radar gun on. That makes it fun, on, for right? sure. Yeah. So now, next thing you know, now, now, oh, now we're shooting on a radar gun. That's cool. Um, conditioning, you know, it, you know, everybody needs to get in shape. Well, okay, yeah, let's run sprints. Well, Tom Seiler turns it into something where he says, okay, we're going to run 5,000 yards of pain. Right? <laughs> he started this thing and he made these Lord. t-shirts up. And the idea was you showed up. At a, at a certain time and you just ran, you know, the full length of the field and back is 200 yards, right? And you do that, what's it, 25 times to get to yeah. 5,000? I was told there's going to be no math on this podcast, <laughs> <Right>. Jim. <laughs> you know, and, and, and it's 5,000 yards of pain and they're, they, you know, these kids were just crazed to be able to do it. They wanted the t-shirt, right? Cool. And then, you know, and then the That's gear, right. I remember Gene Salvatore, right when we got there, like we put Gene in charge of gear, right? We need to get cool looking shorts. We wanted everyone wearing Darien lacrosse shorts. Oh yeah, shorts. we got to talk about the shorts. Oh yeah. Well, oh yeah. Well, and the shorts were, I mean, the shorts are, they sell the program, right? So. Totally. So. Have you, you know, seen the embroidery on the shorts now? Yeah, it's nice. Oh, uh, it's incredible. Rob and, and I just, is unbelievable yeah. yeah and and again and that was just like the type of thing where you know you it was all about the shorts and and i and i remember that moment where i was like wow we did something was i was on vacation up in cape cod and i'm on the beach and i looked down the beach and i saw like four pairs of darian we've actually <laughs> arrived cool. right it was really it was really neat because you know the because yeah, you know but again like this is the type of stuff that you just want to do to keep it fun the sound system do we still have a sound system yes we do really so <laughs> bring, we'll bring it up for jr shane in a few weeks oh the jr shane turn yes talk about that so so jr is a um, boy he was nine years old when he died of a brain tumor and uh after he passed away his parents had another child and keen is now a third grader in our program wow. and we'll get to participate in jr shane in a few weeks oh, for the very gosh. first time nice so what it is, right? Oh my I mean, gosh, I get chills. It, it's oh, it's incredible. And Jim and Sharon Shane have always been. You know, I, I still t- stay in touch with them. Um, so what it was, I mean, Jr. Shane was a kid who just embodied the idea of fun, right? He was just a wonderful, wonderful kid. And so what we did is we said, all right, how how can we memorialize this? And and I I don't know if it was Jim and Sharon's idea or if somebody came up with it, but they were all in on it. And basically, what we did is we said we just want to create a fun jamboree day and the kids pick their own teams mm-hmm. i think we do it do we still do it all the way through eighth grade no it's a uh, third through third through sixth okay third through sixth. used to include the eighth graders they they get their uniforms going 
they start coming in in the most outrageous costumes <laughs> in order to play this, you know, f- small yes. ball, four by four, you know, real fun tournament. There's just balls flying around. We play with these softballs so nobody gets hurt. And they just play in this tournament format. And at the end, we have all kinds of prizes that we give out, you know, best costume, best name, best, you know. Like a lacrosse carnival. Oh, it's fun. so fun. It, and it's incredible to see, right? And you sit there and you say, okay. You want to see why Darian Youth Lacrosse? What what is why is everybody love this so much? It's like go to the J.R. Shane tournament. There you go. Go to the house barbecue when you got volunteers probably making three thousand burgers in a day to just be able to feed all volunteers. And then you're calling over you know little league kids walking by. Hey, come on over get a burger. I mean, it really. Is. When is this tournament? Yeah, this when year? Is it going to be the J.R. Shane tournament is the Sunday of Memorial Day weekend. The barbecue that Jim was referring to, unfortunately, was canceled for this year because uh-huh. of COVID. But mm-hmm. it will be back next year okay. for sure. Yes. Yeah. All right. Yeah. But the sound system, we didn't talk about the sound system. <laughs> so the sound system was something that was a Tom Siler thing when he said this. We need music. Yeah. Yes. Right. Music so makes everything better. He went out and bought this sound system that I, I mean, I swear you could hear it in New Canaan <laughs> when we turned it up at full volume. You know, we weren't allowed to turn it up at full volume, but just to get the music and he would break this thing out. I mean, it was like, he lived in his, in his suburban and he would break it out every time we had anything. He's like, oh, do you need a sound system? We're like, yeah, we need a sound system. And the next thing you know, he's popping up these speakers and there's this great music playing. Yeah, ACDC. Oh, it's just yeah. it great. Yeah, it was great. A lot of earth, wind and fire. Yeah, oh, best. Good stuff. I want to get my hands on that radar gun on a Saturday night and Absolutely. do some wind sprints out in the yard. Well, then we'll gonna, and then we'll work on your shooting technique while you're doing it. You know, which is, you won't realize you're, you're actually learning. That is his all right, we're going to get all together this Saturday night. We'll, we'll chat. <laughs> <laughs> so a lot of this was all of us getting in a room and sitting down and saying, okay, we, wanna, we wanted to teach the sport, right? We, we created a mission statement, and I think that you know, mission statement is important for two things. It's a statement of what you do, but it's probably more importantly, this is a line from Gary McCarthy as well, it's more importantly a statement of what you don't do. Um, we wanted to basically de-emphasize winning. Right. Winning was not the goal of what we were trying to do. Um, I mean, that's a hard thing for a lot of people to sort of wrap their heads around. But you sort of have to take that view that you're really not out there in the youth level trying to win. You're trying to develop talents. You're trying to make kids love this game. Um, and then part of that was prioritize house over travel. If you missed a house game, I don't know what the rules are now, but it used to be if you missed a house game or a house practice, you couldn't play in your travel game. That's yes. still the case, right? right yeah, Jim? we have a very clear commitment policy. It's basically three strikes and you're out. But if you miss one event, you sit half a game. And yeah, there's and there's a lot of consternation around that because there's a lot of kids who are playing at a very high level, young ages now, because they're playing year-round. But the most powerful thing that I think goes on in our program is watching a fifth and sixth grade house game where you take a big, strong, I mean, they are, they can be big and strong when they're in sixth grade. You take a big, strong sixth grade A level player and he is on, he or she is on the same field as a fifth grader, right? Who doesn't even go to middle sex yet. Yeah. Right? Or, 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 in, you know, whatever. They're not even quite yet in middle school. And they are on the same field playing side by side. And the coaches and the, the people who run the program are really good about saying, let's, okay, not only are we going to emphasize house, but also let's make sure that we split those sixth graders up. Let's spread them out across all the teams. Let's make sure that we're not just putting two of the strongest players next to each other and having them 
go on the field at the same time. And the whole program continues to be a rotational program. So you, you go on the field as a defender, then you move up to midfield, then you move up to attack, and then you move off the field, right? And everybody's rotating through evenly. And what that really does is it, it makes everybody play all the different positions Etc. Even goalie sometimes. <laughs> yeah, and goalie. Yes, no, everybody. Yeah, and everybody's required. Has, everybody's yeah. required to play goalie. Your and daughter's a goalie too. No, she has had to do that rotation a couple times this year, and she's like, "Come on." <laughs> well, we always we always find the crazy ones. That's the thing. Yeah. You got to find yes. the crazy ones. Yes. want to be goalies. Uh, and then also from a development standpoint, Jim will tell you that boys don't even use long poles until seventh grade. So that means for our fifth I and sixth grade, uh-uh, yeah, okay. for fifth and sixth grade boys, they play travel games against other teams. With shorties and <laughs> yeah, I'm wondering, do other towns follow this model? No, I not as far as I know. I mean, people sort of look at us a, a little bit cross-eyed and sort of say, well, "Why? Don't, why aren't your defensemen?" Yeah, why? And are we less tra- competitive because at these grade levels, because we're doing what we're doing? I, you know, I don't think so. I, look, I think the basic idea about the no long sticks is that you know, as a de- sort of defensive focused person myself, I mean, you play defense really with, with your, your body position and your feet. Right, and if you use a long stick in the in the boys' game, for those who don't know, uh, boys can play with a stick up to six feet long, um, and those typically are defenders. You can have four of those on the field at a time. Well, if you have this big long six foot stick, you wind up basically flailing the thing around when you're a fifth grader, and you're not necessarily playing good position defense. So we're yeah. trying to teach the fundamentals of defense before we introduce a long stick. And quite frankly, we think it's easier and, and better to develop stick skills using short sticks than it is. This is right. genius. I don't know. This seems like an obvious idea, but I don't know who came up with it. <laughs> it was original. I, it was original, it, Honestly, yeah. I think that was a, a Rich Vandenbroek and uh, Andrew Barnard, who used to coach the uh, – each year, they always coached the sixth grade team. They actually would start to do something. They they went out and bought a bunch of sort of medium length sticks, and throughout the season, they would begin to reward, sort of hand out and dole out a long stick to a defender <laughs> who had finally sort of passed a threshold of stick skills and footwork, <laughs> and and it was kind of like, and there were these cool gold looking things, and they made this. That's so cool. You now get to play with a long stick. You are a man now. (laughs) Here's your long stick. (laughs) I I, I dubbed thee a defenseman. (laughs) That's so cool. That is so cool. It was really cool. And then something else about travel is that we don't coach our own kids in travel. Yes. Can we talk about that? Because I feel like there are a lot of questions. Even I am confused about that as a coach. (laughs) So... It's going to be hard to get volunteers because of that. Yes, it is. But it removes any potential conflict of interest. And at the end of the day, everybody's happier. Yeah. Okay. Um, for house, we welcome all parent volunteers. And so house is predominantly coached by parent volunteers. And how many but hours is that? So if you want to recruit some parent volunteers, <laughs> what please, kind of everybody, them? everybody. It's, it's like so 20 fun. minutes a week. That's yeah. all <laughs> if that, if that, come on in, it's great. It's you great. can coach your yes. own kids in house. Right? Yes, you can. Okay. And that's very welcome. Yes. And how do you find coaches? Like word of mouth like this, everybody, please come yeah. volunteer for DIY lax. We welcome everybody. Please. Yeah, and, Excellent. And, and I'm sure it's the same way now, but you know, part of this too is what we do with the house programs, especially the third and fourth graders, where we tend to have sort of more inexperienced players and inexperienced parents will run clinics and the clinics are designed to be sort of run by the house coordinator and they'll, establish what the practice plan is. They'll establish what the drills are. 
So you don't need to know the game inside and out whatsoever. You really just need to be able to, you know, follow a script and say, okay, we go from here to here to here to here. And then there's going to be somebody running those stations for you. You don't need to have ever picked up a lacrosse stick to help coach for us. We just ask you to be super positive with the kids. Tell them great job. Defense to midfield to attack and out. Done. Right. So if you're someone who actually wants to learn the sport, wants to be watch your kids and participate mm-hmm. and just volunteer, it's, yes. it's perfect calling. Yeah. So I want to talk a little bit more about like the secret sauce. <laughs> and maybe we, you know, just dive right in. You talked about what makes this so special and why we're so successful at the high school level. And we talked about playing in the off season. I know that's kind of a hot topic. How do you guys feel about kids playing year round? Yeah, big big size out of everybody. I mean, I will just say, when I was little, there was no better feeling than picking up a stick in for the first time that season. And part of me is a little bit disappointed that I don't know that the kids today all feel that joy because they play a lot of the sports year round. Do your kids play across year round, Jen? No. They don't. No. What do they do they, in the off season then? They play different sports. Um, yeah. But yeah. It, 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 all, it all depends. If, if you want to play D1, you don't have a choice. Well, is that really true? At That's the sad. high school level, I think at the high school it, level, that, it's, so, it's sorry, creeping. Jim, Jim, I will say that with your kids' age, that was right. the case, but that's no longer it's creeping, the case. It's just you need creeping. To be playing but I, I, and I really think, you know, it's, it's not unique to lacrosse. It's not unique right. to sports. I mean, right. it's kind of an unfortunate thing, I think, that's gone on in everything. My kids were active in theater and, and music as well. Well, if you're active in theater and music, you're taking voice lessons. Right now, I mean, it's kind of the way the world has gone, um, you know, in everything. And, and it's, it's kind of, it's, it's, it's kind of sad. And I, I sort of feel a little bit hypocritical saying it because my kids did play basically year round. They also played other sports. They played, you know, numerous other sports, but they were, they were playing a lot of lacrosse and they really, they really liked it was the problem. That's what I was going to ask you. Are they playing year round because they, they felt like they had to or because they wanted to? In my case, honestly, I, I for mean, your kids, not for you. What did they yeah. feel? So I, when my oldest son was about twelve years old, I remember we were driving somewhere, and I think all a bunch of his friends were going to lacrosse, but he was doing something different. And he turns to me, he says, "Mom, we have balance." That's so cute. <laughs> That's awesome. So cute. Um, it's true. Yeah. No. It's it's weird. I just, and I remember similar stories as well of, of being in my, in the car with my son driving down to Baltimore for some lacrosse tournament. And I'm like, oh my gosh, what are we doing? We should be sitting at Weed Beach right now eating Italian <laughs> oh, like ices, it, like in the summer or something. Right. And he turns to me. He's like, Dad, this is so cool. Like these road trips. You know, we go, oh. we stay in the hotel. We yeah. It, you know, those are memories, and they're they're memories. And so you know, it's 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 weird. It's it's a bit of a double edged sword. It's it's fun, but you know, generally speaking, I think everyone would agree, you know, multiple activities, multi, multiple sports, it keeps it fresh and it keeps it fun. It stops it from getting stale. Right. Because right, I think you have probably increased burnouts. And what about injuries? Well, yeah. I mean, look, injuries are, you know, I mean, the cross training is the best way to avoid injuries. Right. Um, uh, but, you know, I... It's an athletic sport that hopefully isn't taking that type of physical t- physical uh, toll on the body. Yeah, but to the the burnout though that you know, I mean, I would think that's actually one of the beauties of having a, a well a program that's 
of great depth because a lot of these kids, if they're playing in third, fourth grade, by the time they get to seventh or eighth, definitely by high school, a lot of them might be like, all right, I'm done. Right. But then maybe some of them give back. And actually, I want to talk about that a little bit, like the culture of dialects. I mean, talk to us about, it's the best. It's the best guys. So we mentioned blue wave buddies. Blue Bay Buddy coaches are the eighth graders in our program. They go oh. from their game or their practice on a Saturday, and then they coach the Blue Bay Buddies. I and love you it. should see like the stars in the Blue Bay Buddies' eyes as these like big giant eighth graders come to coach them. Um, and and these eighth graders like they come off the field, and the comments were like, "That was so fun! It was great! It was yeah, awesome!" It's it's always cool. been it's always been an amazing program. And I uh, as somebody I coached the eighth grade team for a number of years, and you know I used to say it's it's actually more for the eighth graders than it is <laughs> for true. the first and second graders. It's very hard yeah. to play lacrosse at first and second grade, right? Like soccer is a yeah. great youth sport yes. because you don't have to catch anything. Yeah, right. Totally. Lacrosse is a tough sport to really pick up and and play. And I think that that's why we've kind of always kept the. Blue Wave Buddies uh, program separate in terms of structure versus what we do in third and fourth yeah. grade. And and we get these eighth graders out there and it's a great experience to turn to them and say, you know, because I used to sort of run the Blue Wave Buddies program because I coached the eighth graders. And so we'd finish and I'd be like, okay, you take those five kids over there, take this ball. They <laughs> need to have fun for 45 minutes. And if I come over, they don't know your name. You're running sprints. Oh, <laughs> right? I love and, it. and it would be just, you know, and I'm like, guys, this is about, you know, teach them a handshake, make them love the game. I, this isn't about trying to develop a, a first grade division one lacrosse player. <laughs> this is about making that kid want yeah. to be here next Saturday. And it, this is, this is like the life cycle of volunteerism in yeah. Darien. And we were just talking about that yesterday with Jim Cameron, actually, about, you know, volunteerism in Darien. And you're teaching our kids to do this. Like you're giving yeah. them a chance. Not to just watch us as adults do it, but to participate in it from a young age. And then it makes them want to do more. So, yeah, that's, I guess that's the secret sauce of Darianne, right? Like yeah. people want to be involved and feel encouraged and have opportunities to do so. Yeah, I love that. Yeah. Do you but guys- part, of, part of Jen's task, too, by the way, you know, so you think about this house program, 50 teams, you said, right? Mm-hmm. 50 teams between uh, from first, no, third through six, third through six, 50 okay. teams of house. So picture that on a Saturday, there's 50 teams that are playing a lacrosse game. Right. Yeah. So the logistics involved in that are crazy. Um, uh, but now you need refs. Yeah. Well, those refs are eighth graders and seventh graders who are already coming back and saying, all right, so they're, they're going to their practice or they're going to their game, but they're also showing up to ref a game. And the kids who are refing are great. You know, they have to do some training and they have to learn some basic stuff, but you know, uh, it, it's incredible to see that volunteerism. I mean, they, we pay them. Um, yeah, you know some amount, but it, they're not there for the money. Really, they're they're there because they're you know they're they they're enjoy it. doing it, and, and it's fun. And speaking of those fifty teams on Saturday and Sunday mornings, all playing games. A few years ago, my sister, who's a Garden City lacrosse mom, came up for her daughter's game. So, and she happened to witness. She was there for house. She couldn't believe it. She said, "Wow, this is all Darian." And I was very, very proud. Yes. <laughs> it was all Darian. President of this. Yes. That, that's really, that's really funny you say that, Jen. Yeah. Cause, cause one of the memories that I had in, in talking to, to Gary about this, I was like, just, just, you know, we were going back. I was like, just remind me of some of the things. Well, that year, 2001 or thereabouts, we went out to man, the, the boys, the high school boys team was playing out at Manhasset out on Long Island, which has a, you know, storied program. We always play them. And, before the game, during halftime, and after the game, within the sort of glow of the lights that cast across the field right next to their stadium field, there had to be 150 kids out there 
with sticks in their hands, boys and girls both, and they're just shooting and running around and having a great time. And he and he looked at that. This is at one of those Jack Nicholas moments. Like, okay, that's where we want to be. That's mm-hmm. we want to have these games with kids everywhere. We want to make a connection between the high school age kids and the kids in the youth program. We want the kids in the youth program to know who the high schoolers are. So they're coaching them in eighth grade. Well, one of the greatest things about that is, you know, my son experienced this, that some kid that he coached as a first and second grader, when my son is in high school and he's a senior in high school, that kid is watching and saying, hey, look, that's the kid. that That's my coach. Yeah. yeah that's, and it's really cool. That's it's part really of the secret cool. sauce too, right? Tia, I, I, hearing them talk, now I feel like that might be <laughs> so much pride. Yeah, getting people back in the system from an early age. And you, yeah. Jen, are, are doing all these logistics, right? These refs, these coaches, these. It's a lot. Yeah. And so Goals. That, 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 that brings us to our board. I mean, so we inherited this fantastic program and sometimes people will make a flip comment like, uh, like, oh yeah, it was all in place before you guys got here. I mean, that said, it is a tremendous amount of work every single year and our board is amazing i mean how many members we have 15 board members plus some additional like really real great volunteers and we have a very cohesive board we get along so well but more than that we have a great respect for each other and it's it works really well and and i always tell them like we're a team like they are my team i call them team um and it's they're awesome how did you find these guys (laughs) <laughs> How did they find you? Have they been uh, part of the program for a long time? or Some of them, yes. Some of them are newer. Uh, but they're amazing. And and so the way that we all make decisions, we make decisions as a group. It's, it's There's not a lot of, you know, one-off things. Like, we always collaborate on all of our ideas. Um, but what we got from our founders is that you base your decisions on the kids, not the parents, on the kids. Mm-hmm. And I actually have a, a funny story, which I don't know if Jim was there for years ago. So it was about eight years ago. So at the end of every house season, uh, we have a house jamboree where we keep score. As I said, we don't keep score in anything in DIY Lacks except for this house jamboree. So about eight years ago, there I was, I, I witnessed my first jamboree. I was horrified by some of the behavior of the coaches and the parents, horrified. Really? Yeah, there there was yelling at coaches. There was upset. There was it, it just it wasn't great. I'm gonna say it, it wasn't great. It wasn't so, the spirit of the mission. <laughs> Dy Lax was going for. <laughs> Not that I thought. So a few days later, uh, I went to a board meeting, and as I said, I was a newbie, but I shared my thoughts from the weekend, and I said, guys, I said. We all have to reevaluate this keeping score and this jamboree thing. This that didn't work with the parents. So at the time, Andrew Barnard was sitting next to me, and I didn't even know Andrew. He was a past president at the time. I mean, the words were barely out of my mouth, and he shut me down so quickly. He said, "No, we do this for the kids. The kids love it." And right in that moment, the room was silent, and. I got it. I was like, oh, I get it. This organization does everything for the kids. Done. Okay. Simple. Cool. But brilliant. Yes. So have you outgrown the facilities in this town? <laughs> if you can give me seven more turf fields, I will fill them with every, <laughs> second? every second of the day. Yes. It's, uh, it, it, it's challenging because the high school obviously takes precedence. It is their high school. Right. Um, but you know, there's changes there and, and we use every minute that we can on those turfs and we have everything scheduled to the minute. 
Yeah, so, you guys do. Do you guys yes. work with the other youth programs? Like, they're all so great here, right? We've got um, Daring Youth Field mm-hmm. Hockey coming up. Taylor knows about that. There's Daring Youth Soccer, the, the, the hockey program. I mean, we're talking, you guys, it's relevant in the spring right now. But yes. do you guys share ideas of what Absolutely. works? Absolutely. Absolutely. So, uh, President of Soccer, Mike Moore, he and I talk often. If he ever has a field, you know, that he's not using, he'll let me use it and vice versa. We always try to work together. Cool. If you are a, um, a new parent um, or new to this town and you're, you're hearing about DY Lacks, how, well, I know now we're coming to the end of the season, but for next year, when does the program start? How do people get involved? When do they start getting involved? What should they be doing with their kid in the meantime? Well, registration opens in November, usually. So just sign up and. In November. And should, do their, do their kids, I mean, back to this point again, do their kids need to be playing this summer? Do they no, need to pick up a stick no, or do no, they just show no, up? And- no, 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 no. As we said from the start, we welcome all players, all experience. And, and everyone makes a team on house, right? When you come. Oh, yes. Everyone's on. Yes. From yes. third, fourth, fifth, sixth, everyone's on a team. Absolutely. I love that. And Absolutely. Then- uh, the, the website, I'm able to just, you know, the website for anybody who's new, the website is dylax.com dylax.com and I, I, I think there's probably registration tabs and all sorts of information up there but you know keep keep an eye on that and you know inevitably there'll be if, 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 there'll be people talking about it when it comes up for sure okay and then as the i will ask one other question i'm sorry taylor no it's okay i'm on my question uh, train if um as parents who've gone through the system, who've had their kids, do you think that they could give advice? I mean, you guys have had your kids go through your, the house program, right? Yes. Like looking back, is there a piece of advice you think a parent would give to your <laughs> yeah. parents coming in? Um, I think that I know the one experience that I've had with my son who, you know, went on to play in college, um, and his friends and his peer group when they were in high school and when they were in college. I remember because, you know, I, I do think that there's, Parents will see what we're doing in the house program. They're like, oh, geez, we should just focus on travel. Well, every one of these kids are like, do you remember how great house lacrosse was? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, you went in, you played defense, and then you moved to midfield, and you moved to it, and you had to play <laughs> goalie, and they thought it was the best. I remember when they were in high school, when my son was in high school, he wanted to do a uh, – and we've had this come up a few times, guys. Can we keep doing house lacrosse in high school? <laughs> oh, that's in cool. high school. Yeah. Because it's just fun. It really is. Yeah. So I will refer back to that article that the Huffington Post ran back in 2013. They did this study and they asked athletes, they said, looking back, you know, what what did you feel good about when your parents said? And this overwhelming response from the players was just six words. I love to watch you play. <laughs> it's like, what? Okay. You didn't want the, the parent to rehash the entire game and ask you what coach said. And no, just I love to watch you play. And that, that, that's all sports. That, that's certainly not just lacrosse. I love that. That's beautiful. Yeah, that's great. Well, thank you guys so much. You have given this town such a fantastic program. I mean, you've, it embodies everything. It's not just fed our phenomenal high school programs, but it's, you know, it's brought parents, kids together, you know, the community together. It's definitely a huge part of the fabric of this community. And thank you both, Jim, for getting it off the ground. Jen, for guiding it so steadily through these times. Um, We're so glad to have you today. Thank you for making the time. Thank you, guys. Thank you. 